What's going on, y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sandbox Podcast. This is a platform where we learn how to lead well with other leaders. Let's get jumping on this, baby. Coming to you live from the good land. It is Tyler Richardson, and welcome to another episode of the Sandbox Podcast. How are y'all doing? Like, how are you doing? Are you safe? Are you healthy? Are you not watching the news? Good. Are you taking breaks from social media? Probably better. Oh, man, the universe. But I thought it was a good time because of everything that's going on and certain messages and emails I'd gotten about certain things that we could talk about in the Sandbox podcast. I thought we'd just go ahead and jump right into something I've kind of wanted to talk about for a while and I've touched on it before. But I kind of wanted to give a little bit more of an embellishment today. And the topic of today's episode is going to be manipulation hospital. All right. Now, when I say manipulation hospital, this is not a hospital where you go to learn to manipulate or a hospital where you go to get manipulated. Um, A lot of times in life, uh, depending if you're in ministry, if you're in quote unquote real jobs, if you are whatever you're in, a lot of times we get in situations um, that we are manipulated. Now, we may not realize we're manipulated. We may be manipulated and we don't care because, um, you know, it's a step up from where we are. And we'll just kind of, we're just trying to get ahead and we'll worry about the emotional toil of it later. Um, you know, in some cases, the people that are manipulating us don't realize they're doing it. In some cases, they are professionals at doing it. Uh, there's, there's so many different avenues. Um, and it's a very interesting topic because um, what I've noticed is a lot of people, well, before I say that, one thing I usually notice is that people that are at some point in their life or several times in their life, if they're manipulated, and it's not always manipulated for big things. A lot of times it's, you know, manipulated to think that they're small and that their opinions don't matter. You know, it, it could be something like that, or it could be something like harsh, like radical manipulation. Um And I think, obviously, manipulation leaves people wounded. And we end up in what I call a manipulation hospital. And what happens more often than not is there's not an issue that we're wounded. Usually what happens that causes the problem is that we start walking down the hallways and making friends with other wounded patients. So... You are wounded. Somebody did you wrong. Somebody um, took advantage. Again, this could be radical. It could be small uh, or small, quote unquote, small. Uh, But you end up realizing there's a lot of other people on the floor that have also been wounded, also been manipulated. And you walk around and you're like, well, my surgery isn't until tomorrow. So why don't you tell me the story about how you were manipulated? And then... Uh, they tell their story, and you're like, I can't believe they did that. You know, that person is so jacked up. That church is so jacked up. That business is so jacked up. And then when they're done, uh, they ask you about your experience, and you're like, Oh, well, I got a doozy for you. And then you just, <clears throat> then you just turn up the heat, and you're just telling all these crazy stories. And and then by the end of it, these two wounded individuals have become best friends. 
bonded in nothing other than their pain, bonded in nothing other than the fact of now they have a new individual, a new church, a new ministry, a new platform, a new something that they can now uh, bond over the fact that they both hate it. And now they're going to hate it. You know, what you hate, I'm going to hate. And what I hate it, now you're going to hate. And we're going to like be best friends in hating things. Uh, and the reason we hate them, the reason we're going to talk bad about them, the reason we're going to encourage other people never to be involved with them again is because we were manipulated by them. And there's so many facets of manipulation. I may even do my own episode of the levels of manipulation because I think... There's so many levels of the person being manipulated and the manipulator. And there's so many facets of the subconscious and things that, well, I didn't really mean that. And they're lying. But in some cases, they're not. And then some cases, oh, well, I was manipulated. And no, you weren't. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's so many flip sides to so many coins with that. It's very complicated, um, as you well know. But uh, specifically, what I want to talk about is the post side where you are wounded. And I think a lot of times what we don't realize is there's something that happens in a hospital called surgery. <laughs> I'm saying it like you've never heard of it. Uh, there's there's this thing in hospital, because usually if you go to the hospital, it's because Google is not going to fix it. Tylenol, Robitussin, that's not going to fix it. You have to get a third party's interaction. And... Um, it's not just about going to a pharmacy. It's not even about just going to a clinic. When you go to the hospital, it's a level up that is out of your hands, out of your comfort zone, out of your um, knowledge. And a lot of times what will happen in the hospital, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, what will happen at a hospital is something called surgery. Now, a surgery is a very interesting thing. I had a freak out, I still don't know what happened thing that happened to my back. I'd never had any body issues, never had a back issue of any kind, but... Uh, one day my back decided to hate me and uh, I several months and I think nine doctors including acupuncturists and all these crazy things uh, finally got an MRI done and a guy said uh, this looks like you've been in a major car accident and I was like well I haven't done anything so it was a very freak thing and so they had to do like an emergency surgery on my back and it was you know all this stuff and uh Sitting, getting ready for surgery, I was thinking to myself, and I'm like, I am putting my life in the hands of this surgeon for a stupid back issue. Like, as much as they tell you it's routine, as much as they're like, oh, we've done it a million times, we're going to do this, 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 boom, sew you up, you'll be out of here in no time, you'll be eating McDonald's by morning. You know, they, they sell all this stuff about how routine it is, but several people do die in routine surgeries actually a lot more than you realized i found out um and uh but the the thing that happens is in surgery you are putting your life in the hands of somebody else you're putting control of your life in somebody else's hands but the reality is is if you do not yield a space of who you are to somebody else to fix it then you are going to stay wounded in whatever capacity you're wounded. And I think in life, in ministry, in leadership, it's the exact same thing. I think a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to give a piece of our life that's not working correctly, that's not operating at the capacity it's supposed to be operating at. Putting in that in somebody else's hands so they can fix it, 
because there's a lot of fear involved in that. What if I get manipulated again? What if they take advantage of me again? What if they don't see the greatness that is in me again? All of the all of this stuff that happens in our imaginations and our subconscious, whether it be real or, you know, fairy tale, it's it's real to us. And uh, the reality is it's so much more appealing just to find other wounded people on the floor with you that you can bond over. Um, it, it's, uh, I usually often can tell when certain people are going to get along because they both hate the same things, as I've mentioned before. Uh, if somebody is bitter at one individual or bitter at you know one foundation or organization, whatever it may be, if... Uh, they find somebody that's not naturally bitter to any of the things that they're bitter at, but they have an inclination to naturally be bitter and not let things go and not put things in perspective and not find a healthy way to move forward. A lot of times those people will immediately bond because there's something happening in the souls of both of them that is refusing health because they would rather have the... Uh, warmth of a little bit of control. Me making fun of a ministry that did me wrong is me trying to have a little bit of control left. If I felt like I always had an ability to do something great, but the people that led above me and led around me never gave me the chance to do it, the way I can get them back, at least to the best of my ability, is to make fun, is to take shots, is to let everybody know that they're not as good as they think they are, they're not as qualified as they say they are, and I'm throwing all of these jabs, but the reality is I'm very unhealthy, and I'm not allowing myself to be put in the hands of God, to be put in the hands of other leaders, to be put in the hands of a pastor, whatever it may be, to do surgery on that facet of me instead of bonding with other wounded people. I think we have a lot of leaders that take too much time bonding over wounds instead of moving forward towards healing, and I think that causes a lot of issues. And it's not, you know, we don't want to move towards healing because the wounding wasn't real, that the manipulation wasn't real. The manipulation, the wounding, that is all real, but a lot of times we want to make sure that we prove that it's real to such a capacity that we don't even entertain the idea that although it was real, it's over. I know people that talk about issues with churches, with leaders, with ex-girlfriends, with whatever, that currently talk about it as if it happened yesterday. And in some capacities, it's over a decade old. Why do we do that? The reason we do that is because we would rather not put our lives in somebody else's hands because that's, that's dangerous to us, that, that's terrifying to us. So I tell you what we're going to do. And it's not about putting your purpose in somebody else's hands. I'm not talking, don't be crazy. What I'm saying is, is it's about removing this part in my life that's not operating correctly because I clearly can't fix it by myself. So whether that's therapy, whether that's prayer, in some cases that's just, you know, going on a coffee conversation with somebody that you feel like you can actually be honest with, we have to figure out a way to move forward to get out of the manipulation hospital. Oftentimes what I've seen is if you are angry because you were manipulated, you are going to end up to be a manipulator. 
whatever the facet of wounding that leaders take on, if we don't let it go, we often operate in that form of wounding for the, for the people that we lead moving forward. I've seen it a billion times. If you have a daddy issue, you are going to force a subconscious manipulation on the leaders around you and beneath you on everybody having to deal with your father issues. And it, it, it and there's so many situations, if you don't feel like you're accepted, if you don't feel like you're talented, you are going to make so many decisions that go through that filter. And you, because you are wounded and won't get healing, are going to cause more wounds. Not just in yourself, but in dozens upon dozens upon dozens of other leaders. And in some capacities, depending on your level of reach, could be thousands, could be millions. And I think there's so much better for us than that. And I want to invite all of us to leave the manipulation hospital. You are wounded. I'm wounded. So let's get healed instead of finding other wounded people and being like, oh my God, you're wounded too. Let's go get a bite to eat. We've got to stop Finding all the people that are wounded and being like, I know the church sucks, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I know that pastor. Isn't he so corrupt? I know this person, blah, blah. And we're not getting healed at all. We're just kind of sitting around with all of our friends in the hospital talking about how great it is to be in the hospital. And we're tricking ourselves into thinking that that is justifying anything. That that's taking away the hurt, that that's in some way it's trying to make it quote unquote worth something. And we're trying to let people know that we're not dummies. You try to make me a dummy, but I'm not a dummy. And all of these things can happen, but what is ahead is worth getting to. I think that's the thing we have to realize. It's not that where we are is some horrible place and we can't get out of bed in the morning, all that stuff. A lot of people that have a lot of issues that are very wounded that also make friends with really wounded people are, in a lot of cases, not losers. In a lot of cases, they're not poor. In a lot of cases, they're not, you know, void of influence. In a lot of cases, that's not the case at all. But we refuse to believe that there is a better place to get to. And a lot of times we want to stay here because we don't believe that there's a better worth getting to. When I had my back surgery, I was like, please, I don't know if there's a better worth getting to, but if there is even a shot that's worth getting to, it's worth dying accidentally on this surgery table because where I'm at, I can't hang out here anymore. And a lot of times we wait too long to get a healing we could have had years ago. And I want to encourage you to get out of the manipulation hospital, to get out of the wounded babysitters club crew of where y'all all just kind of at the end of the day tell your dark stories about the things you survived that day in the world of ministry and and all of the things that can happen. I'm not saying that your wounds are illegitimate. I'm not saying that you were not manipulated, but I am saying there is a better to get to. There is a better to get to. And if you're not at the better, then I don't know why you're sitting here making friends with all these people talking about and complaining about how you're not really sure why it's not better yet. Get up. Let us move forward to the better. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? There is a better to get to. All right. I have to tell myself that on several occasions about a whole bunch of different things that there is a better to get to. And not every day is going to feel like the better. And it may take you months. And in some cases, it may take you years to get to the better. But I guarantee you, your better is ahead. It's not behind. So we have to pick ourselves up, move forward, and we will be better for it. Whew! Man, I feel like this was a little bit more harsh of a topic than I usually like to talk about. But it really bothers me. And I think it's cutting off a lot of leaders from moving into the fullness of what is 
available for us. And that's a big deal to me because I want to see us walk in what's available, not what's flashy, not what's popular, not what makes the most money, but what is the most fruitful. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. So check us out, all of the socials at symbol harpenbowl, harpenbowl.org slash sandbox. Sandbox is a harpenbowl company and you know, we want to make something happen to the world. So join us on the ride. We will see you next time on the Sandbox the Podcast. And remember, oh yes, please, please remember to play nice in the sandbox.